You're listening to the Glad Tidings Church podcast, available on Podbean and iTunes. I'm going to, you know, I've got a lot of faith today because uh, <laughs> I have uh, been, I have picked guitar back up, and uh, so you'll have to bear with me today, okay? And everybody say, bear with the pastor. All right. This is an old song, and uh, this is, from what I can get, this is one of Miss Jean's favorite, and some of you might know this song. Let me make sure we got some volume. Have you got me, my friend? We good? All right. There you go. That's it. All right. Okay. All right. Here we go. Thank you. 
stand with me? Amen. Yeah, they are. Bill Gaither called and said, stay in Moorhead. How about that? <laughs> Amen. We are, uh, I got a long way to go to catch up with my sons, but, uh, uh, you know, I laid this down when I was 18 years old. I played guitar from the time I was six until I was 18. I laid it down uh, and just picked it back up. So that's just about nine months. So I'll get there eventually, you know, and there's a lesson in that. God gives you some gifts, and when he gives you gifts, he expect them to, expects you to develop them, okay? So I don't know if it's a gift or not, but I'm trying. How about that? All right. Matthew, Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5. We've been talking about living in the red. We've been talking about the words of Jesus, and we've been going over the Beatitudes, what our attitude should be. The word uh, blessed in Latin is Beatitude. And the word blessed comes from the Greek word, somebody help me, starts with an M, makarios, and it means what? Self-contained, self-contained joy. We said that this actually referred to the island of, of Cyprus where they had all of the fruits, all of the vegetables, all the minerals, and they were self-contained. And so Jesus is saying, self-contained, you found the secret to life, joy and blessing when this happens. And so today we're going to talk about Matthew chapter 5 and verse 3. We're going to go right on into this verse, Matthew 5 and 3. And actually, let's go to verse 6. We won't go through all of the Beatitudes today, but we're just going to cover verse 6. Say it with me. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they, what? Will be filled. So let's talk about that today. Father, bless this word. May it go forth. We praise you. And Lord, we just ask today that you'd be with several families who need you today. Father, I just pray for Georgia Blue today. On the, she's dealing with the passing of, of Spooky today. And I pray that you would minister to that family. Lord, I also lift up uh, people who are hurting today. I lift up Dick and, and Carol Reed, their daughter Amber's having surgery right now. Touch there and minister in the name of Jesus. Lord, lift up Margaret Walrath. Uh, touch uh, others, Lord. Uh, touch Jim, Lord. He's having a, a heart procedure this week. And Jim Wyatt, minister, Lord. We know you're able to meet these needs and your good and your mercy endures forever. And everyone who loved Jesus said together, Amen. And you may be seated in the presence of the Lord today. How many of you know what it's like to be hungry? Some of you are probably hungry right now. You've not had breakfast this morning. I'm talking about real hunger. Almost to the verge or to the point of starvation. Help organizations did a survey last year and found out that almost about 24% of the world's population is right at the borderline in terms of starvation. This year alone, over 6 million people will die of starvation. 
When you think about that, there are some people who actually say that 21,000 people on planet Earth will die of starvation today. And today I want to talk about being really hungry for Jesus. Jesus said, self-contained joy are those who hunger for righteousness. Let's talk about that. I think it's important for us to understand the people that Jesus was talking to. Jesus' audience understood what it was really like to be hungry and thirsty. Water was uh, at a premium and uh, water was, was not premium and there, were, there was a lack of food many times. And Jesus was speaking to a group of people who knew what it was like to maybe skip a meal. In fact, the, the labor of that day, you would probably receive one denarius, which was equivalent to, uh, that was a day's wage, and this was really at the poverty level. A lot of people talk about minimum wage today, but this was even below minimum wage. They barely could get enough to eat. And in fact, they said meat was rare. It was very uh, rare for a family or for a person to have meat once a week because of the situation economically. And so Jesus is talking to a group of people who understand what it is to be hungry and thirsty. In the Greek, the word for hunger is penao. And when you look at that or listen to the word in the Greek, it's almost, it sounds like the word pain in the English, penao. And it actually means to continually suffer or crave. Now, uh, last night I was hungry and I wanted to get something to eat, but I want to tell you that many people, or the people that are here today, I, I dare say there's anyone in this room who has to deal with continual, continual hunger. But Jesus is saying those who are continually hungry and thirsty for righteousness, they will be filled. And so I also want you to get the picture here. Do you remember when Jesus did the miracle of the multiplication of the loaves and the fishes? You've got to understand that there were 5,000 people there. Do you realize, I don't know that all of these people were there for the message or for the teaching. I think word began to spread that there's food, there's meat, there's bread. And people came and they were witness to this miracle as they were fed. Jesus is speaking to these people who are hungry. The word thirst, dipsao, which means to feel the lack of and long for refreshing. You've got to understand there were no taps there. Uh, some of the wells were contaminated, having clear cool water was not uh, it was rare and and so Jesus is saying that these people long for refreshing I was reading about the British troops that liberated Palestine and they were marching through the desert and one soldier talks about the fact that they didn't have water and there, many of the people in the troops their tongues were swollen their lips were blue and parched and cracked just to have some water they couldn't, they didn't, there was no Dasani and there was uh, no uh, designer waters. There was no Fiji water during this time where you pay $3 a bottle for water. There was nothing like this. And Jesus is speaking to these types of people and they are hungry and thirsty. And, but Jesus said, bless those who are hungry and thirsty for what? 
for righteousness. Now, I'm going to make a clarification here. Jesus is not talking about hungry to live right, although it is important that we live for the Lord. It is important that our speech honor God. It is important that we learn to forgive. It is important that we learn to bless others, put others before ourselves. It's important for us to do these types of things and develop the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. And But Jesus is not talking about living right necessarily, but he's talking about right relationship. Say that with me. Right relationship. Psalms 27 or Psalm 27 and verse 4. Here's what the psalmist said. He said, one thing, if I could have one thing ask from the Lord, this is what I would seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. I want to be close to Jesus. And when he goes on further and he says, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. And he's talking about his hunger for God, to know God. It is mentioned that many times David was away when he was being pursued by his enemies. How he longed to be back with the people of God where they are worshiping and where they were fellowshipping. How many of you feel better when you're around people that know you and love you and they love God? Can you say amen? Some of you are, uh, need to get there that place, all right? So when we talk about this one thing, this one thing, that's what David is talking about. I want right relationship with the Lord. There was a song that was popular in the early 80s. And it, it said, oh, I want to know you more. Deep within my soul, I want to know you. Lord, I want to know you. And it goes on in the next part of the verse, and it says, and I would give my dying breath to know you in your death and resurrection Lord, I want to know you. Lord, I want to know you more. The author was Stephen Fry who wrote that song. And so when we think about this hunger being expressed, that's what Jesus is talking about. Now let's look at this verse. Jesus said that blessed are those who hunger and thirst for they shall be filled. Now when we read it at face value, it looks like a statement. But I want to tell you today that Jesus is issuing you a challenge. Blessed are those who are hungry and thirsty for a right relationship with me. If they are, they'll be filled. How many of you know that that's a promise in the Word of God for His people today? And so, therefore, it issues a challenge. How much do you want to know Him? Let's look at John chapter 5 and verse 6. Here's what the Bible says in John chapter 5 and verse 6. Jesus saw this man by the pool of Bethesda. And he had been there for many years, and he was lame. And he said, uh, I know that water's troubled once a year, and the first one that gets into the pool, they're healed. And Jesus talks to this man, and this man said, you know, I have not had anybody to put me in. Every time that the waters are troubled, somebody else gets ahead of me. Now, it's interesting that Jesus asked him a question. And I've, I've really tried to think about this and study this passage. Jesus said, do you want to get well? Well, you would think, well, that's not a, 
a really nice question to ask this man. You've got to understand, Jesus knows this man's heart. He's been by the pool for many years. How many of you know that some people are, they, they are happy in their infirmity? And, and I'm not saying that this might be the case, but Jesus was saying, now listen, if you are touched and you're blessed, it's going to change your lifestyle. You've been getting alms, you've been getting money from people, and you are in a poverty mentality, and uh, that's been given to you, and now you're going to have to rise up and walk, and now you're going to have to learn to work, and that's going to be a change in your life. In other words, how much do you want to be healed? How much do you want this? And this is the question that I believe that the Lord is asking his people. How much do you want God's power in your life? How much do you want God's purity in your life? How much do you want that? Is it as much as a starving man wants food? Is it as much as a parched man wants water? How much do you want him? I declare to you today that your level of desire will indicate how much you receive from your God. Are you with me today? If you are not hungry and you are not thirsty, then you are not going to receive everything that God wants from him. And there's a lot of people that are not hungry, not thirsty today, and as a result of that, they never really receive everything that God has for them. Hear my heart today. God is issuing you a challenge, and he is saying, what do you want? If you don't want anything, you won't get anything. But if you want me, I will bless you. I will minister to you and I will fill you and I will give you me and you will be blessed, blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in difficult situations, blessed in joy. It is a wonderful blessing and a joy to live from God, live for the Lord. That's that makarios. That's that self-contained joy. When you're hungry for him, he says, you're going to find me and you're going to find the blessing. How many of you want that blessing today? Amen. You want that blessing from the Lord. And so, but there's a problem. The heart has maladies, diseases, syndromes, whatever. Whatever type of synonym you want to put on that. But the maladies of the heart keep us from being hungry for God. Let's talk about some of those briefly. There's a malady of not wanting anything. There are a lot of people today that really don't want that relationship with God. They're not hungry for God. And the Bible talks about this group of people in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15. We've talked about this church when we did a series last year on the seven churches of the book of Revelation. We talked about this particular church. Jesus said, I know your deeds. You're neither cold nor hot. You don't even know what you want. And Jesus said, I wish you were either one or the other. There is no room for neutrality when it comes to Christ. Are you with me today? You have to make a decision. Do I really want him? 
Do I really want him in my life? Do I want that love relationship with him? And this is a malady. And, and what saddens me today is the level of no concern that I see. Not in the world and in, in the culture for no real hunger for God. And there's more concern for the body than there is for the soul. Now I'm going to say we do need to take care of our body. Everybody agree with that? Just a few of you. All right? We do need to take care of the body. The body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. But this body is going to waste away. Your inner man is going to be or going to last somewhere forever. Are you, do you grasp that today? Uh, Bob Dylan wrote a song in the early 80s called You're Going to Serve Somebody. You might be the ambassador to the United Nations. You might be a king. You might be a, a pauper, whatever it is. But you are going to serve somebody. So in essence, a lot of people have not, have not really said not wanting anything. But by, by you, listen, by default, by default, you choose to die. Are you with me? All right, let's go to the next malady. Here's what happens. The malady of wanting little. The malady of wanting little. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1. We talked about this when we introduced this series. Jesus saw the crowds and he went on a multitude and he sat down and his disciples came to him. Notice the two groups of people. There are crowds and there are who else? Disciples. There are two groups of people. The crowds that are there, but the disciples come to Jesus. There are a group of people who want him. And they come out from the crowd. And so there are some who want just a little. There are some who want the loaves and the fishes. There are some who want the benefits, but they don't want to really serve the Lord. And you've got to understand that there is a problem that we have in the Western culture. And it's simply this. We are too soon satisfied. I've got enough for right now, and that's really all I'm concerned about. And so that type of mentality cannot be uh, transferred into our spirit man. And so we've got to have a hunger and thirst uh, for Jesus. You've got to say, I don't want just some peace, but I want peace. I, I don't want some answers, but I want God to be there. I want the answers, answers, plural, to my prayer. And so it's important for us to come out and to follow the Lord with all of our heart. The disciples came to him. They wanted more than the crowds, and they gave up a lot to follow the Lord. The Bible says that many of these fishermen, they left their nets, and they followed after Jesus. And so I want you to understand that some don't want anything, some want a little. And then there's a, a, a malady that I really feel like is really taking place, especially in our culture today. And if we're not careful, it can take place in the church. And that is that we have a malady of wanting, but we seek other sources to fulfill the longing that we have. And so let's talk about that. Jeremiah chapter 2 and verse 13. Here's what the Bible says. My people... My people, Jeremiah's talking about the people of God, have committed two sins. Number one, they forsaking me, the spring of living water. Jesus talking about hunger and thirst here. They forsaking me, the spring of living water. Secondly, they have dug their own cisterns. 
broken cisterns that cannot hold water. So they've forsaken the true cistern or the spring and they're digging cisterns. How many of you know there's a difference between a spring and a cistern? A spring is living and vibrant, but a cistern is just a container and it just holds what you put in there. And it's not refreshing, it's not living, it's not pure. And so God is saying that you've forsaken this source and you have looked for satisfaction in other ways. Rolling Stones, how many remember the Rolling Stones? Oh, you come on, people. <laughs> not to me, I'm holy. Huh. Yeah. You all having fun dancing to Mick Jagger in your bedroom, some of you. <laughs> Mick Jagger said, he wrote a song, can't get no satisfaction. That's okay. What y'all sing in church today? We sing can't get no satisfaction by the Rolling Stones. He was right. And I try, and I try. Can't get no. He didn't major in English, I promise you that. So when we look at that, that's really the deal. People are looking for something to fill the void. What if I work hard, Pastor? If I, I provide a lot for my family and I work hard to have success, will that bring joy? You know, I, I think the Lord, yes, to a certain extent, God gives us joy from where we work. Uh, when I complete a project, I, I feel, wow, I'm glad I accomplished that. But God has not designed us so that that would be the total point of having great joy in life. Just to, here's what it says in Ecclesiastes chapter 2 and verse 23. Here's several verses. All their days they work, or their work is grief and pain. Even at night their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. Let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I believe it's the same chapter, verse 21. For a person may labor with wisdom, knowledge, and skill, and when they must leave all they own, here it is, to another who has not toiled for it. This too is meaningless and great misfortune. Now, are you saying you shouldn't leave anything for your children? No, that's not what I'm saying. But there are some people who are so consumed with amassing things and having stuff, and I'm telling you, this will go. You will not have it. You know, the old guy said, you know, there's not going to be a U-Haul behind the hearse. And so... You got to understand today that people are looking for things and stuff to satisfy them. And people maybe say, well, if I had enough money, I'd be secure. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 10 says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. You got to understand, Solomon, he can tell you this from experience. He had everything, and he's saying it is, it's just meaningless. It doesn't really matter. This is not what life is all about. And 
so there's a malady of seeking other sources. There is a, I found out that there's a plant in Australia called the Nardu. And it is a tasty and sweet plant, but it has no nutritional value. And people love this plant, they like it, and they are filled, but their body may be starved for nutrients. And Isaiah chapter 55 in verse 2 says, Why do you spend your money on what cannot nourish you and your wages that cannot satisfy you? Listen, there are a lot of people who try to fill that void, the God-shaped void, if you will, in their lives. And they're wanting to somehow get some peace. They want to medicate it with stuff or somehow i got to have some peace, some satisfaction. And they never find it. Listen, you were made to glorify God and you will never find your life's purpose unless you are 100% sold out to Jesus Christ. This life is brief. Life is but a vapor. And I know that the days that we live in, I don't know that there's a promise of tomorrow. There's not a promise of this week. There's not a promise that there would be uh, the end of the year. We don't know it. Pastor, you're trying to say that it's important for us to make a decision. I'm not here to try to, to scare anybody or threaten anybody. Listen, that really doesn't work in the long run. I'm just saying that God is better. Jesus is better. His way is better. His word is better. His peace is better. His life is better. His joy is better than anything he you could ever find on earth, imagine, think, try to drum up whatever you're trying to do. The way to life is Jesus Christ. And if you want life more abundantly, let's get connected with him. Are you with me today? You understand what I'm saying? So it's important for us to realize that he's the source. And then there's the malady of competing desires. A lot of believers struggle with this. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 1 says, we're surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let's throw off, throw it off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked for us. There's competing desires. There are things that are tying us down. I told the staff that I felt that for 2018, our theme needs to be rise up, rise up. And I thought about it, and when I was in Georgia and a pastor in Georgia, we got a hot air balloon and we put it out in the middle of a field and we had hot air balloon rides. And my family, we all got in that basket and the guy pulled the gas lever and man, it was so hot. It, that's why the little spot's there on the back of my head. Anyway, it was so hot and I thought, whoa. And the, the balloon would rise, but it would only rise so high. Because they were giving people rides and the cables were holding the balloon down. I want to tell you something. There are a lot of things that God wants to do in your life. And you could soar for the Lord. You could do great things in the kingdom. You could accomplish great things for God. Have a better view of a better life. If you would cut the cords that are holding you down and accept everything that God has for you. And so therefore... They're competing desires. And some of them are not evil. Some of them, it's a matter of good and better. 
Some of them, it's a matter of better and best. And God says, I want you to know me. I want you to love me. I want you to have joy. Mother Teresa said this, that people in India are physically hungry. The people in America are spiritually hungry. But the people in India are better off because at least they know why they're hungry. We have an obligation to love people and to share with them and let them know that there is life in Jesus. There's joy in Jesus. And so let's go to the key points here and we're going to close this message today. God is looking for something. He's looking for desire. He's looking for those who are hungry and thirsty for him. Now, when you look in terms of how things are written in the Greek, there are a lot of different cases, and I, I will not bore you with the English lesson, but there, there's one case, the genitive case, that talks about that you want of something, and it means you just want a portion of something, and the accusative has to do with wanting the whole thing. And so you can say, I want of bread, or I want some bread, or you can say, I want the whole loaf. I want some water, or I want the pitcher. So we're talking about not part, but whole. We want God. We want Him. I want Him in my... You know, the kids sing a song, and they, they sing out to them, Start a fire down in my soul that I can't contain, that I can't control. I want more of you, God. I want more of you, God. There's a hunger there's a desire that God is looking for. Abraham had a desire for God. The Bible said he believed God. Hope against hope. I don't see it right now, but I know you're God and I long for you. And it was credited to him as righteousness. David was a man after God's own heart. There was a desire for the house of God. Zeal for the house of God consumed him. A passage of scripture we all know, Psalm 42, 1, as the deer or as the heart, a female deer who has been running, been pursued by a hunter, but now that deer wants some water as that deer longs for the water brook. So I long after you, oh God. The question is, what do you want? So God is looking for desire. One student asked his teacher, said, what does it really mean to desire after God? They were at a summer camp. And so the counselor took this student and they were swimming. He put his head underwater and he just began to kick. And the, the boy wanted to get up, but he held him underwater just for a few more moments. And the boy got up and he gasped for air. And he said, what do you, why did you do that for? He, he said, I couldn't breathe. And he said, that gasp for air is what God is looking for. You need him more than your next breath. You must recognize your true need. John 7, 37. Jesus in the feast, the last and the greatest day of the feast. This feast was like Christmas and Fourth of July and Thanksgiving all rolled into one. And they would get a, 
they would dip uh, some water from the pool of Siloam and pour it out upon the altar. And Jesus at that moment said this, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. There are a lot of people who indicate this, that Jesus was saying at this point, I'm the Messiah. I'm the one who can give you peace in your life. I'm the one who can quench the thirst in your soul. But there are a lot of people who didn't get it because they were going through ritual. They did this every year. They were going back to their same old faults, their failures, the same old fears. All of these things were similar. And they never understood their true need. Jesus wants us to understand that we need him. I, I declare to you today it's time for us to look at the things that are most important in our lives. The things that will encourage us. The things that will minister to our soul. It was said that as the Titanic went down, one lady said... I, Give me just a minute. She ran back to her room. She didn't go back to get any of the jewelry. She didn't go back to get any of her clothes. She went back because there were three oranges in that room. She said, I want to take this with me. At least I'll have a chance to survive when I'm... A Listen, I want to tell you, you've got to make the choice of what is most important in your life. Well, pastor, most of us are believers here today. We're going back to what we're talking about, competing desires. Just because you love Jesus, you know this, the enemy does does not leave you alone and there will always be something some issue some challenge somebody some situation that will compete for your joy compete for your attention compete for what you know to be true in Jesus Christ listen this is time for the body of Christ to rise up and say I want Jesus I want a move of his spirit in my life I want to get close to him I am hungry for him I am thirsty for him I don't want ritual. I don't want to go through the motions anymore. I want you, Jesus. I want to serve you. You are my God. You are all that I need. I was created to worship you. And that's why I bless you today. That's why I glorify you today. God is looking for that in his church. And God is looking for a group of people. He's looking for a church to say, we want you more than just a building. We want you more than just day to day, not Nine to five, we want you to move in our community and our families, and we want our children to know you, and we want our people off of drugs, and we want suicide stopped in our county, and we want all of these things to take place. It's time for us to get hungry for Jesus. How many of you want to be hungry for God today? But here's the good news God desires you. This doesn't work one way. God desires you more than you desire him. The Bible says in Isaiah chapter 30 and verse 18, the Lord, he talks about all of their sin. You've messed up, you've forsaken, you've gone after other gods. Yet, how many are thankful for that yet? The Lord longs to be gracious to you. God, I don't deserve you to be gracious to me. Therefore, he will rise up to show you compassion. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all who wait for him. God desires you. I heard a story of a young lady who was kidnapped. 
And they asked her. She, for nine months, she was in captivity. Uh, somebody kidnapped her, and she said, I want to get back to my parents. But then they interviewed the parents, and they told her, said, your daughter, she can't wait to get, she, they said, we can't wait to get back to her. Your God longs for you. Your picture of God may be different and that somehow he's out to get you and out to hurt you and harm you and to judge you. Yes, that God is a God of justice, but I want to tell you that he is a God of love and he longs to be gracious to you. How many of you experience the grace of God and the mercy of God? He's good to you. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. And he loves us today and he longs to be gracious to you. And so, therefore, the promise, the promise, those who hunger and thirst for God, this is what's going to happen. The word field is the word, Greek word kurtazo. And this term is used for fattening animals. How's that for close to lunchtime, all right? And it actually means that before these animals were, were taken, maybe taken to market, whatever. They were, they had all that they wanted to eat, and they were filled. And it actually means these three words: that God wants to give you more than enough, more than enough. I'm telling you, uh, last night I was at a at a wedding reception, and I I looked at that bounty on that table, and I thought to myself. Wow. I mean, there was roast beef and there were rolls, and somebody saying, Be quiet, Pastor. We're hungry. We're ready. I mean, just table. Here's what the Lord says Are you really hungry for me? If you are hungry for me, I promise you a filling. I promise you more blessing. I remember, when, you remember the story when Jesus fed the 5,000? Do you remember what happened after that? They did what? They took up 12 baskets. There were leftovers. I'm telling you, when God blesses you, there's not just enough for today, but there's, there's grace, as a song says, blessing today and bright hope for tomorrow. I'm going to tell you, my God wants to fill you to overflowing. How many of you want to be filled today? You want to be filled? Thank you for listening right, to the Glad Tidings Church podcast. For more sermons, please search for Glad Tidings Church on Podbean and iTunes. For more information regarding our church, Sunday morning services, and other groups and gatherings, please visit our website at gladtc.com.